0: Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, and today I have Sina Maria on the show with me. And Sina Maria supports women to embrace a nourished, resilient, and radiantly healthy state. As a remineralizer and wellness explorer, she uses mineral nutritional balancing to rebuild our mineral heritage and help us return to the simple natural joy of being alive. She shares thought provoking content drops about plant medicine, minerals, and holistic healing on Instagram at Sina underscore underscore Maria and hosts her signature radiantly nourished mineral balancing membership. And that includes one-to-one remineralization packages using hair tissue mineral analysis. And she is the founder of SinaMaria.com. And this is such a fascinating episode. I learned so much on this episode and it was such a pleasure having this conversation with Sina. Um, It's all around health, minerals, coming into balance and really coming into a state where you can fully thrive in your life. We talk a lot about meat and butter, raw milk. All the good stuff that our bodies need and and where you might be deficient in minerals. And please share this conversation with any woman that you know that might be struggling with her physical health, her mental health. It is really helpful to listen to other stories and to find ways to come into a really optimal state. So yes, I love this conversation and can't wait to dive in. If you feel called to support the podcast, to be in reciprocity with the podcast, I am so, 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 so grateful. It's my absolute pleasure being here with you guys every week, and so please give us a five-star rating, write us a review, share with all your friends. There are affiliate links in the show notes of products that I fully stand by. Castor oil packs by Queen of the Thrones are my go-to and have significantly shifted my health. So yeah, definitely check it out in the show notes. There's a discount code, LisaHillier10. And I receive a small commission every time that you purchase through my link. It makes no difference to you except you receive a sweet little discount um, and I receive a sweet little commission which helps to support the podcast and get these shows out to you each and every week. And so I'm so grateful so so grateful and now let's dive in with Cena Maria welcome to the podcast Cena. and our past crossed on Instagram and sometimes I like to to add in where I came across my guest and I saw a meme that said maybe you need a steak instead <laughs> of another plant medicine ceremony and uh-huh. I was just like yes yes um <laughs> So we'll dive into that a little bit more, but welcome to the show and to start what has been your journey that has led you to the the work that you're offering the world today. Mm. Thank you so much for having me,
1: Lisa. Um, My journey. So I would say that I um, grew up with like a habit of malnourishment. Like I just didn't really eat enough or well, not necessarily because like my parents didn't do a good job, but, um, yeah, I was always a really picky eater. And, um, and then I got really into drinking at a young age, drinking alcohol, partying, did that for 10 years, was on birth control for 10 years. Um, kind of like the classic cocktail, I think for, unfortunately, a lot of like American women, that than we're paying for in our late 20s, early 30s. Um, Around when I was 25, I stopped taking birth control. I got into yoga, um, kind of expanded spiritually, started to connect with spirituality in new ways. Um, And then not long after that, I got into the plant medicine world and um, was... In a deep relationship with ceremonial cacao, kind of experienced a lot of heart healing and um, anxiety healing from that medicine. And I think really like a deep part of that whole uh, phase for me was um, the healing of being in like a circle with other people and being kind of in a a ceremonial space or like a communal community community space. that felt really ancient and something that I hadn't experienced before. Um, So then I worked with some of the more master plant medicines like ayahuasca. I did a lot of work with San Pedro cactus. Um, Then I got really into microdosing psilocybin mushrooms. And I can kind of track, if I look back at the timeline, I can track like as I was deepening into that, realm, which not only is it, you know, taking these powerful substances, but also there tends to be a level of um, fasting or, you know, dieta, like diets where you're, you know, limiting your sodium intake. Um, It's a very, uh, a lot of emphasis on like plant medicine, or sorry, uh, plant-based diets. Um, So, you know, I feel like my nourishment was I was kind of depleted on a nourishment level while working with these stronger medicines. And um, I can track that my symptoms started to get worse as I started to continue to work with those um, psychedelics. And I eventually got to a point where I was essentially like depending on microdosing to function to like do my business. You know, I was at a time where before any sort of podcast like this or any sort of offering I would do, I like would have big cup of cacao and a microdose. Like I had to kind of get that support from outside of myself. And about two years ago, um, my health just it got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. I developed severe histamine intolerance, which for anyone that's not familiar, that is basically being allergic to like anything and everything. Um, it's, it's, I was hyper reactive, you know, stress would, I had a very low capacity for stress. Um, if I ate a certain food, it would set me off and I would get hives or severe brain fog or severe fatigue. My, 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 hormones were super out of whack. So I would have like uncontrollable crying spells before my period started. Like, I mean, I could go on and on, but I basically kind of crashed and became like a couch potato. That was kind of what I had to do. Um, and I couldn't, I literally physically could not consume cacao. I couldn't microdose, you know, I became my body. I basically pushed my body to the point where it, it stopped, it just was like, you literally cannot do this anymore. Um, I somehow discovered some pro-metabolic nutritionists, which are focused on an animal-based diet for supporting hormones, supporting thyroid, supporting adrenals, like overall supporting metabolic function. And then I won an HTMA test and a giveaway, a hair tissue mineral analysis. Um, on Instagram. And when I got my my results, I didn't I hadn't even talked to the practitioner. I just sent her a list of my top five symptoms, and she sent me a recorded video back. It was like thirty minutes. It wasn't even super long. And I was blown away by how validated I felt and how seen I felt from just what she could see from my mineral levels in my body., um, you know, she could see that. I likely had a tendency to socially withdraw because my magnesium levels were really low. Um, I may be experiencing like kind of like inexplicable fear because my potassium was super low. Um, My adrenals were very sluggish. My thyroid is very sluggish, which explains the histamine intolerance. Um, So that really started my journey with minerals. I had done... I did keto. I had bounced. I did genetic testing. I took all the supplements that I saw on the internet, you know, like I had bounced around from a lot of different things to try and heal. And, uh, once I kind of discovered minerals, I was like, oh, okay, this makes so much sense. Um, and so I learned, I, I really learned how to feed myself. Um, one of the blessings of histamine intolerance was that like, the, like the, the fresher, the food, the butter. And so I literally started to cook all my meals fresh three times a day. Um, and that's, you know, that was a really important like habit forming for me to just learn how to actually nourish myself three times a day, learn how to eat enough protein. Um, yeah. And so, you know, fast forward, I've, I've now, completed four different HTMA trainings and, um, you know, feel like I'm in a place where I'm able to kind of support and serve others. Like my healing journey has gotten me to a place where I have enough vitality to be back in the world and be engaged. And, um, there's a whole nother component about like relationship and like that level, like how that impacted my stress levels that we can talk about if you
0: want. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it up there. Cause that's a okay. lot. <laughs> we'll come back to that relationship yeah. and, and stress for sure. What's your relationship with plant medicine? Like now, is it just shigong like out of your life? I mean, sort
1: of, um, I mean, yeah, Like guess as far as like, do I engage in it or partake in it? Um, almost never, um, not any big ceremony, experience for years now. Um, I have a deep, deep level of gratitude and respect because I fully believe that like my first ceremonies, I would not be kind of where I am today without those. Um, But my approach now is like, I would potentially be open to it if I felt very clear and called to it and felt very solid in my, you know, foundational metabolic health but i am not viewing it as the thing that's going to bring me more stability or balance or fix me um it's very much would be like a spiritual calling and um yeah so it's it's not it's definitely not a big part of my life
0: yeah i think that can happen a lot in the plant medicine realms from my experience where you're doing it or I've done it to fix something. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of, you know, friends and ex colleagues and stuff, plant medicine journey after journey, after journey, mm-hmm. after journey, and they're missing the root of what actually needs to be addressed. And that was very much my experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hair tissue analysis, I have never heard of this before. Mm -hmm. So can you give us kind of like a synopsis of what happens? Is it literally like you give somebody a piece of hair?
1: Yeah. Yep. So
0: it's a non-invasive
1: cellular biopsy. We can actually see what's going on inside your cells without taking an actual biopsy of your skin. And so, our we have various level like various paths of elimination. So, urine, bowel movements, sweat, and hair. Those are how our body will eliminate things. And so, I've never
0: thought of hair as an elimination. Uh Yep, that's so interesting. It's a
1: very slow-growing medium, you know. So, on a hair test, uh, we take about an inch closest to the scalp, an inch of hair. It kind of looks like the, the amount of a tablespoon. And you want to go like from the back, kind of like the nape of your neck and get a couple different spots. Um, And they burn it. You send it into a lab, they burn it and they measure the mineral and metal content in the ash. And you can see the last, an average of the last three months of minerals and metals being excreted into your hair. So it is a really cool, it's really unique in that way because, you know, blood labs are a snapshot in time. Um, whereas on a hair test, you can really like, I, I think hair tests are really impactful from a preventative standpoint where you can see way before anything would show on blood, how your thyroid might be functioning, how your adrenals are functioning. Um, so from, from that information, there's a lineage of hair testing called mineral nutritional balancing that was founded by Dr. Paul Eck in the seventies, eighties. And he, um, he really, he analyzed hundreds of thousands of hair tests and discerned all these different patterns and all these different ratios. So for example, the calcium to potassium ratio, we look at the level of calcium excreted into your hair compared to the level or in, in relation to the level of potassium. And that will show us how much thyroid hormone is able to access your cells? So, how permeable are your cells to receive thyroid hormone? So, calcium, right? Cal- calcium calcifies, it hardens, it forms our bones, our teeth, our nerves, or it's used in our nerves. Um, and so, if we have an imbalance where we have way too much calcium being excreted into the hair, meaning calcium is being pulled from where it should be. It's being pulled and, you know, due to usually a stress response in the body, it will be pulled and kind of put into different areas in the body. Then we're going to have high levels of calcium in relation to potassium and that calcium makes the cells less permeable to receive the thyroid hormone. So this is just one example where on blood, you know, many women come to me and they're like, my thyroid levels on blood are always normal, but I know something's going on. And blood you know in the blood we can see how much of the hormone is being produced by the body how well is that converting in the liver you know we get good information but if that hormone is not able to actually get into your cells then then the thyroid is going to have some issues yeah so that's just kind of a one example of what you can see
0: Okay. So with um, I'll use myself as an example, but I was skipping periods in my mm-hmm. late 30s and I'm like, something's like off. I was also vegan at the time. Um, and so I went into my doctor and she's like, No, your your hormones are completely fine. You're not perimenopause or anything. Mm-hmm. And then at 41, so that was my late thirties, and then at 41, I went into full-blown menopause. And there was clearly something going on with my hormones. Yep. But my doctor wasn't seeing it in my blood. So, can you, would you have been able to see it with my hair?
1: Uh, yeah, like I would think so. Progesterone? Okay. Uh, you can see, um, we see the cellular effect of a lot of different hormones. Um, so, we would see how well your, I mean, thyroid is critical for our hormonal system, right? Um, we could see level of copper bio unavailable or cop- like like biomarkers for copper toxicity in the system and copper is related to estrogen in the body. So we could see adrenal function. We can see the cellular effect of aldosterone and cortisol, which, you know, if, if our adrenals are super depleted, that's going to impact digestion. That's going to impact thyroid. That's going to increase bio unavailable copper in the system. I mean, there's so many cascading effects. Um, and so you know the view it's not as in depth as let's say like a a dutch test where you're taking your getting progesterone levels estrogen levels testosterone levels um every day for a month like we're not going to see that level of granularity with an h2ma but we are going to see like how much energy is your body able to produce how you know how is your metabolism functioning overall and is there some level of heavy metal toxicity that is Leading to symptoms. And, you know, the, the, you know, what you just mentioned, like that's a symptom, you know, losing your menses or having irregular menses. That's, that's a symptom that is showing that something, you know, your body is not like operating at full efficiency, full vitality. um And so it's, I think for the h 2 it's, it's a more it's like whole system look at what's happening. And as we start to, balance minerals, support adrenal thyroid, liver function, support elimination of metals, metabolism improves, and then symptoms will start to kind of fade away.
0: Interesting. So what are the metals that you see with most people that their body is secreting? Mm -hmm. And then what are the minerals that you're going to see and which ones are people most deficient?
1: Yeah. So, metals, the unfortunate reality is that we all have metal toxicity in this day and age. Um, Metals don't break down in the body. Their half lives are so long that they outlast how long we live. And we are all exposed in the air, in the water, in the soil. Um, They're past now, you know, now we're generations deep of like receiving them from our mothers. and so I don't like to come from a fear-based approach at all. I don't really talk about metals too much because I think there's an over on like detoxing and chelating and we have to get the bad things out. And, and, you know, we, we metals are a, a big contributor, I believe to so much of the decline in our health as a society. Um, and so yeah. So to answer your question, you know, pretty much all of them is is we all have levels of them. Um, and what we can see on a test is if someone is a poor eliminator, meaning they're not eliminating a lot of a metal, that means that their body is holding on to it. Because, for example, for example, lead and cadmium can replace calcium in enzyme receptor sites. It mimics calcium. So if someone's depleted in calcium, the body will hold on to lead or or cadmium, and it, it acts as kind of a backup system. It's like a spare tire, not ideal. You can't go full capacity. You definitely don't want that long term, but it's better than having a completely empty receptor site. And so this approach, mineral nutritional balancing, is literally giving the body the preferred minerals. The body will always choose that calcium if it has it available. So as right. it chooses the calcium, it will then start to eliminate the, the metals. Okay. Um, so are there
0: ways that you do recommend to eliminate the metals or like, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's mineral nutritional balancing by replenishing and rebalancing our minerals. We are also eliminating heavy metals. It's, it's one and the same. The difference with like this approach versus a chelation approach, like a heavy metal chelation therapy is that this approach is slower and we allow the body to like, we trust the body to eliminate the metals in its own order, in its own timing, because it's a big deal. These metals are toxic. So a chelation approach like forces metals out of the system along with other important minerals.
0: Okay. Can you uh, elaborate on chelation? I've just never heard that term. Yes, Before. yeah, it's um it's an approach
1: where you take chelating agents. It's essentially uh taking some sort of substance or supplement kind of thing um to grab onto metals, heavy metals in the body, but it does it in a very forceful way. I'm not an expert in it by any means. I I've never done it, but I just know that it's um it's like kind of like a all at once we're going to do a couple chelation therapies like sessions, and then you're trying to get all the metals out and, and it's just very, very hard on the
0: body. Okay. Okay. So which minerals, what are the minerals that our body needs? Mm-hmm. Which ones are most people deficient in?
1: Yeah. So uh, like 80% of the test focuses on the first four macro minerals, which are calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. So what's happening with those four is going to determine, it's going to inform what's happening with the rest of the minerals. So other minerals we look at would be iron, copper, manganese, zinc, selenium, chromium, phosphorus. I think that's the main ones. Um, But we look at the levels of calcium, magnesium, sodium, potassium, and we also look at them in relation to each other. So for example, the vitality ratio, it's the most important ratio of the test. It's looking at our sodium to potassium because those are so important for, it's its also called the life or death ratio. You know, those are important. Potassium is inside the cell, sodium is outside the cell. They're responsible for moving minerals and nutrients around the body and also getting them in and out of cells. And so electrical charge and communication between cells. Um, is, is critically dependent on the balance between those two. And it also, those two also point to how our adrenals are doing. Um, and so most, I mean, there are many different patterns we can see on the test. Most, many people, many, many people have adrenal exhaustion where sodium and potassium levels are very low. Um, Yeah, there's a lot more detail I could go into with that, but I'll let you take me from there.
0: Okay. So sodium and potassium, adrenal, where adrenal levels are really low. And just speaking um, to menopause, because Mm -hmm. I'm just familiar with that because I abruptly went into it at a fairly young age. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, if your adrenals are low, you haven't built up the reserves so that when your hormones do decrease naturally Mm -hmm. because we're all going to go through menopause at some point. Um, There's no reserves for when the estrogen and progesterone decline. Mm -hmm. And so that's when like breakdowns, nervous break, all that kind of stuff can come in. So adrenals are pretty important. They're super
1: important. Um, The other thing I also just want to say is that when I talk about sodium-potassium levels, I'm not just talking about like how much sodium-potassium do you intake, do you take in in your diet. Um, sodium's correlated with the cellular effect of aldosterone. Potassium's correlated with the cellular effect of cortisol. So when I'm looking at sodium-potassium levels and ratios, I'm not, I'm not just going to say, hey, add salt to your water. That actually doesn't move the needle on the sodium level. We actually need to replenish your adrenals. Um, We need to look at lifestyle. We need to look at various supplementation approaches, various nutrition approaches to make sure you're not, you know, getting hangry and ignoring your hunger cues, which kicks in your stress hormones. I mean, there's many, you know, we are very dependent on our adrenals in this day and age, which is why so many people are, um, you know, burned out. But like you said, you know, everything like our adrenals are also critically important for hydrochloric acid production, which is our stomach acid. So when our digestion when our digestion goes out of whack we we need to look at adrenals um right, yeah, they're super important,
0: yeah, what's your thoughts on fasting? not a fan okay i've I've just heard so many mixed reviews, and mm-hmm. I know so many women are doing it, mm-hmm. one for spiritual reasons and then right. also for weight gain, you know, the whole like fast like a girl. I've never read the book um. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also for menopause mm-hmm. and yeah, so I'm, I've never done it myself. I, yeah. I get, I wake up and I have to eat within half an hour of waking up. Otherwise I'm hangry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Which is, a that's fun. a sign of a
1: strong metabolism right there. That's a good thing to be hungry upon waking. Um, I think fasting, you know, I think, you know, fasting and plant medicines, like we need to look, you know, 300, 400, a thousand years ago, our mineral stores in our bodies were very different. The the levels of minerals we were getting from our soil, from our food and the animals that ate, the you know, like much more nu- nutrition, nutrient density. Um, and we also had much le- less, much less levels of metal toxicity and other toxicities we didn't have prescription medication, you know, on and on. So, you know, yes, plant medicines have been around forever. Fasting has been around forever. Um, But we're in a different state. And I would argue we are in a more fragile state, like collectively now. I would also argue that women are much more sensitive. And if you refer to a lot of like wisdom traditions like ayurveda traditional chinese medicine mayan wisdom you know cosmologies like women are kept warm they are tends to be you know a little more juicy than we're shown in like modern aesthetics of how women should look today um they you know they're they're tending the hearth they're holding it down on the nutrition perspective What does
0: juicy mean in this context?
1: Sorry, love. um, Like have a little more plump, a little more like Mm. fertility. Like they look fertile and and radiant and like they have some hips to hold on to.
0: It's like, yeah, I used to be an interior designer and Mm. one of the men in my office were was from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And so when clients would come in, he'd be like, oh, you look so great. You've gained weight. <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. You're like don't say that to any woman like you've gained weight, but in his culture, yeah, it's a good thing when you gain weight because it means you're abundant and yes. wealthy, yeah. yes, and in Africa yes. too, weight yeah. is a sign of of health. goodness,
1: yeah health, yes, yeah, not here, not here, and you know I think there's a there's a balance with it, but um. I kind of
0: lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? You're talking about juicy women need to be kept warm. Oh, fasting. 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 Yes.
1: So, um, yeah. And so, you know, the the funny thing about fasting is that when we're fasting, our body needs fuel from somewhere. So it's either going to be from our food or it's going to kick on our adrenals and we're going to be running off of stress hormones you know, it feels really good running off of stress hormones. We feel uplifted. We feel like jazzed, you know, we like, it feels good. And so that is why, you know, so many women are like, I feel great. (laughs) I feel so good. I don't feel hungry. I feel energy. It's like, I I mean, I did that. I, I did keto for three months and ran off of stress hormones because I wasn't eating carbs and like (laughs) destroyed my metabolism, but I felt, I felt that sense of, you know, what it feels like to basically be high on your own stress hormones, but that's a survival mechanism. Like that's not how we're supposed to be operating long-term. And a lot of the talk on fasting comes from men, you know, Huberman studies done on men, which I think are much more able, they're built much differently. Their hormonal systems are much different than women's. And so they're able to do that. They can sustain that longer than women. I don't necessarily think it's good for them long-term either. But with women, it's like, I feel it's inevitable that there will be a crash moment. There's going to be a crash and burn where your adrenals are not going to be able to produce that level of stress hormones for an extended period of time. And when that happens, then we see the sodium level drop. We see the potassium level drop. It's, we go into something called sympathetic dominance when our potassium is really low. And it shows that we have been running in a chronic state of sympathetic nervous system dominance and we're burned
0: out. Yeah. Can you look at someone's hair and be able to tell, like, could you like look at a woman's hair and be like, oh, she's deficient?
1: You mean just like the like your hair right now, like I'm seeing yeah. on camera? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you can see like nails, skin, hair, like luster. You know, there are there are definitely like signs of metabolic health or not. Like if someone's hair is really thinning, um, right. or not very lustrous, or the nails have ridges in them, or white spots, or teeth stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not trained in that, but I think I can kind of usually get a little bit of a sense.
0: Okay. What mm-hmm. does
1: the ridges and nails mean? Um, I forget the specifics, but it's some sort of mineral deficiency. It might okay. be related to zinc. I ridges.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to follow up I on that one. Had them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah. Okay. So potassium and sodium, what are the supplements? Is Can you give a little bit of a synopsis of what people can do to... You know, mm-hmm. raise their potassium and sodium.
1: Yeah. So, well, my approach it's very bio individual. So, there's no, there's no. You know, I don't. You could have really low levels of sodium potassium. You could have really high levels of sodium potassium. Those are that's going to shift what supplements I would recommend. Um. So, what you know, that's that's this approach is very much based on the data of what your specific cells are saying what we don't do what some htma practitioners do is a replacement theory so they'll look at your sodium level say your sodium's low you should add salt to your waters you should um, take a bunch of electrolyte mixes or whatever um that dr eck found doesn't work (laughs) like minerals are all part of a holistic interrelated system and so there are synergisms and antagonisms meaning increasing one level of a mineral can decrease a lov- like another mineral. So increasing zinc will decrease sod- sodium. And so he formulated this line of supplements that I work with that is designed based on HTMA patterns. So if your vitality ratio, that sodium to potassium ratio is high, I'm going to give you zinc to try and lower that sodium ratio along with a whole host of other minerals that are dosed in like this kind of perfect formulation that has the right doses and cofactors. So there's so many, like so many pieces. It's it's quite complex. I don't even, you know, fully understand how we formulated all of these yet because it's like a a level of understanding of how the minerals interact with each other. That is is very deep and scientific.
0: Yeah yeah I think that's important that it's like we can kind of give a overview, mm-hmm. but your each person's unique yes, range and numbers are gonna be very different. so depletion in potassium and sodium so that's fair to say your adrenals mm-hmm. are gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. You spoke to fear as a symptom, mm-hmm. what mineral would that be? Deficient. Potassium. Potassium. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay.
1: I can tell a story about that really quick if you want. Yeah. Um, so I used to have this really bizarre, unfounded fear. I mean, it could be, I don't know, it could be some sort of past life thing. I don't know. But I would get really afraid of being at home alone at night. We're like to the point one time I was home alone. This is so embarrassing to even share, but I was home alone um, at my boyfriend's parents' house at the time. And I ended up calling the police because I was, I convinced myself that someone was in like the back room. (laughs) There wasn't someone there. The police came like, um, but it was that level of like, I would get so afraid um, and I would convince myself. It was just kind of wild. And literally, since I started tending to my minerals and balancing my minerals, like I, I feel so solid. Like I do not that fear is not present at all.
0: That's encouraging because I, I know for myself, like I can attest to having completely irrational thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're just like, where, like, yeah. And I think a lot of listeners can probably resonate with that, where we convince ourselves of something that is completely not truth. And just to Mm -hmm. know that there's a solution to it is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's amazing. But Mm -hmm. since, yeah, you're not experiencing it. So with the other main, um, minerals like magnesium, Mm -hmm. how does that deficiency show up in the body?
1: Yeah. Um, so when talking about with magnesium, it's it's an interesting one because that's one of the more popular ones. You know, a lot of people supplement magnesium because that's for some reason like in the popular consciousness that we're a lot of us are deficient in magnesium because we don't get enough of it from our food sources, which is which is true, I believe. Um, but back to the the minerals are all interrelated to each other. I don't recommend supplementing magnesium without its cofactor calcium because that ratio of calcium to magnesium determines, um, it shows our, our glucose sensitivity. It's like, how well is our blood sugar able to regulate? Um, it shows other things as well, but if we're supplementing magnesium and our magnesium level is higher than our calcium level, we have an inverse ratio and we can feel really confused. Calcium and magnesium are, they they tend to rise and fall, they rise and fall together. They they try to they need to stay in some level of balance in the body. Um, they're also the breaks. They're the the calming minerals along with zinc. Um, but they're the breaks where sodium and potassium are the gas, because those adrenals kick on. So, you know, balanced metabolism and health, ideally we want an adaptability where, you know, we our body's putting the brakes on and putting the gas on in the right timing, kind of like a a tiger in the jungle where it's like sleeping all day. And then it like, when it's time to hunt, it's, it's on and it's really energized. Um, so magnesium, you know, it's, it's needed for over half of our enzymes in our body. Um, it's very important. Magnesium deficiency can look like many, many things. Um, but when we have, a very low level of magnesium. It's called a belligerence pattern, where we can be really reactive. We can be—it's like we don't have. I, I describe it both with calcium and magnesium. It's like we're, we're raw to the world. We don't have mm. this like buffer element between us and what's happening around us. And so, in a belligerence pattern, you know, it can be yeah reactive, have a really hard time focusing, a little you know more confrontational. Um, it's very stressful for the body to be in in a low magnesium state. You know, it's it's definitely not where we want to be long-term.
0: Would that correlate with, um, you know, in the trauma world, there's like the window of tolerance, you Mm -hmm. know, where you Mm -hmm. can handle um, situations. And then sometimes, like when I was going through menopause, my window of tolerance got very, very, very small. And so then I was out of it and and so would that be similar to what's taking place with a deficiency in magnesium?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, a great way to explain it.
0: Okay. Are there foods that you recommend or is it completely supplements that you know would bring your magnesium and calcium into a an optimal level?
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't go too deep into like you need to eat this specific food for your magnesium. Um, I'm more focused on why an animal-based diet is important, why dairy is healthy and good for you. You know, it is a really important source of calcium. Um, I I focus on kind of encouraging women to eat more and eat enough and eat more protein. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm trying to kind of, unravel this belief that if we eat less, we'll be skinny, because that's not true. The less we eat, the more we're we'll eventually hold on to more weight around our gut because our body's stressed and it's trying to survive. Um so a function, a high functioning metabolism is like a woman eating two thousand twenty five hundred calories a day, 120 grams of protein, you know, this is all dependent on body type and height and whatever. But you know, eating a lot and utilizing that energy well, right? Not, you know, storing some, having a healthy amount of fat on the body, but not, um, not like fluctuating a ton in weight, but we should be able to utilize the food that we eat. Um, so that's, I really focus, you know, I, I, I find that women are so used to these very specific food protocols and restriction protocols that I, I just try, I like throw all that out the window. I'm like, you want bacon and like, what's your most delicious breakfast you could imagine eating bacon and eggs, steak and eggs and some hash browns, use good ingredients, get good quality meat, get good quality butter, get organic potatoes and enjoy your breakfast. Like, you know, that, that we've, yeah, we've gotten so far from like enjoying our nourishment and trying to like micromanage like so much. And it's, you know, I focus on basics, like don't eat carbs on their own. That's going to spike your blood sugar. We need to combine it with proteins and fats. You know, I do pull on a lot of pro-metabolic nutrition approaches, but I also try to keep it really simple for people, you know, just eat good, enjoy it. Like eat, eat like nutrient dense foods.
0: Yeah, I was doing a menopause mastery course, so I am still doing a menopause mastery course. Um, mm-hmm. And part of it was to start tracking what you were eating, and I was so shocked mm. at how little protein I was getting, mm. even though I eat meat, yeah, every day, mm. Mm. and it was still like not a hundred grams. And I was like, how much was it? Was it was just so. It was like fifty grams. Wow. Of protein a day. Yeah. And that was like my typical day. Um mm-hmm. yeah. And that was me like making an effort mm. to eat meat. Um yeah. so I was really shocked that I was yeah not I was getting half of what I should be because her recommendation, the the guide to that was a hundred grams a yeah. day. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's I you know, mean we're it's, near. It's, it's a, it's a
1: <laughs> an epidemic of women not eating enough protein for sure
0: yeah Yeah. and it's just so interesting because I mean I think back to growing up I mean my mom did ridiculous diets right I've done ridiculous diets Mm -hmm. in my life and there's always been this idea that like red meat is bad Mm -hmm. and butter is bad Mm -hmm. and even right now I'm doing a herbalist course to be a herbalism course to be a herbalist and mm-hmm. in it it goes on about like fatty foods like avoid cheese and butter and I'm like yeah. no mm-hmm. um yeah so there's this narrative yep that has kept us away from those foods and I'll just share this like my aunt has lost like 30 pounds and she's eating butter and stuff <laughs> and there's other reasons why she's lost the weight but she's like I could have ate butter my whole life. <laughs> right. I avoided it because high cholesterol. You know, uh-huh. it's the like root of all evil. And so right. Yeah, what comes forward for you around that and what is what yeah. is your take on red meat? Yeah. Butter. I'm
1: all about it. I eat it like all day. Um <laughs> I I think like something that you just said it's like That's the simplicity of like, our bodies want butter. Everyone loves butter. What if we just trusted that there was a reason for that? You know, like, what if, what if it was that simple, you know, we've, we've gotten so far from, from that where it's like, if that's what you want to eat, how could that be so bad for you? Um. But, yeah, I think you know, our parents' generation, like the the whole cholesterol scare with um I always forget. I think it was Eisenheimer. Whatever president had the did I say Eisenheimer, Eisenhower. Um, whatever president had the heart attack, um it was like Americans there was heart attacks were not a thing. One of the presidents had a heart attack, and that started this whole saturated fat cholesterol craze. And it was also, you know, post-World War II where, like, all these margin, all these products, all these processed foods were, like, the new hip great thing. So, you know, yeah, I, I would say, like, our parents' generation, especially the women, got, like, w- the real short end of the stick on that. We're super low-fat diets. Cholesterol is so important. Our body will create cholesterol if we're not getting enough from our diet. Cholesterol is required for Conversion of sex hormones in the body. So, like, if people have high levels of cholesterol, I'm gonna want to know what's going on with your thyroid function. What's going on with your adrenal function? Because to me, that's just showing that your thyroid's not able to convert properly. It's not a matter how how could animals that we have eaten for tens of thousands of years be so problematic? I you know like that just makes zero sense
0: to me. I love's just interrupting this episode for a quick moment to talk about a product that I have been using over the past couple months on my healing journey and it's castor oil packs and they are amazing so amazing I highly highly recommend castor oil packs Queen of the Thrones is my go to the castor oil is organic as well as the packs are organic cotton and they are so easy to use and I mostly use the liver pack on the right side as well as one for my neck for the thyroid but there are many many different packs that you can use and castor oil has so many so many health benefits and so with the link in the show notes you can get a 10% discount by using code Lisa Hillier 10. And I would love to hear how your healing journey goes with the castor oil pack. So please let me know. And as well, the castor oil is amazing when navigating perimenopause and menopause. It helps so much to balance your hormones. So definitely check it out.
1: You know, I think with red meat, it's like, okay, if you don't, you know, yeah, beef is like a fattier cut. There's a lot of. Um, a whole ethical conversation we can have on how we source our meats, especially beef. Branch out, get some venison, get some elk, get some boar. Yeah. Get you know, like we also have become so like chicken and beef. <laughs> like
0: that's yeah.
1: that's that's not you know. We need a diverse diet. We get each animal has its own nutrient profile, but there is nothing that can replace the. Like the bioavailability of the nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals that are in a four ounce steak or yes, yeah. like animal protein, you know, like it is talk about the interrelationships of minerals, like that is mother nature's designed bioavailable like yeah. food for for us, you know like yeah, how, we, how do we how are we arguing that?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, when you spoke to the ethical position or yeah, of meat, I think it's going back to more ancestral ways of knowing your farmer, getting Mm -hmm. grass fed where the animals treated really well, Even maybe making your own butter. I haven't given that Mm -hmm. a go yet, but it's Mm -hmm. like when you think about butter and then this margarine Mm -hmm. that was created, like one's a whole food and one is really not a whole food mm-hmm. and when we look at where the state of our health is it feels like that pull to really return yes to that even mm-hmm. when it comes to fruit and vegetables like you know growing your own like getting away from the grocery stores yeah is kind of my take on yeah. sovereignty yeah uh, you know, at this time. Dairy, that's one that I've kind of struggled with. I think I have a psychological block that yeah. dairy's gross and not good mm. for me. Mm. Do you recommend like milk, like from the grocery store mm. or is it maybe raw milk?
1: Yeah. I mean, raw milk, I definitely recommend dairy and rum. I mean that I will say I, I ate a ton of dairy as a kid, not good dairy, but like not good quality dairy, but I ate a ton of it and then stopped. I couldn't digest it. I actually developed like intolerance to it where it would go right through me for years. Um, and, you know, it was also kind of in the like plant based, you know, cashew milk, like blah blah, all yeah. these processed dairy replacements. Um, but, you know, since, since incorporating, raw milk into my life, butter into my life, raw cheese, yogurt. Mm-hmm. Like I eat a ton of dairy. And um, again, sourcing is important. We want good quality dairy. Well, we want to know ideally what the cows or the goats or the sheep are eating. Yeah. Um, but it is especially raw milk. It is so healing for us. I mean, it is incredible the amount of enzymes that are in milk you know it's a it's an interesting conundrum where like i'm like what i recommend if someone doesn't have access to raw milk just as an aside there's a resource called realmilk.com where you can find farms near you that will sell raw milk or herd shares
0: where you can buy raw milk okay so that's a resource um but even so yeah, even if, in countries where it's completely illegal like canada
1: um, it's, it's by the Weston a price foundation. I'm not sure on that, but there, I mean, there are States in the U S where it's not legal and they, there are ways around that with herd shares where you become a member of a farm and there are different laws with that. So I'm not a hundred percent sure on if it's active in Canada, but check it out. I wouldn't, I mean, Weston a price is a pretty big organization. So but if if not, then I would maybe start poking around to herd shares in Canada because I know that that tends to be a workaround for people. Okay. That being said, if you're not able to find raw uh, raw milk, organic milk at the store, a two a two organic milk would be my next best recommendation. And I still think it's supportive. I think I think also, you know, there's a whole a very deep story around dairy estrogen you know it tends to cause it can cause um acne flares or um you know there's a lot of it's a common recommendation if you have estrogen related issues to stop doing dairy right and i actually i kind of think that's another one of those like myths that gets perpetuated that doesn't focus on the root cause like the dairy is not causing you acne again why would hundreds of years ago when we lived on a farm with like our goat and our cow and ate you know like our body (laughs) is able to digest dairy like it's it's not yeah you know why why would that all of a sudden be like this poison to us and you know dairy is the only it has um equal amount of protein, carbon, fat. It, it has all the macronutrient profiles. It's a superfood. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone all the enzymes that are in it. And then, you know, we get in yogurt, we have probiotics. Like there's, there's so many benefits from dairy. And I will just say on like an intuitive, like women, like being in a woman's body, I feel fertile AF and like juicy. Like I was part of a, a raw goat milk herd share this year where my friend had five goats and like we would get a, I would get a quart of raw goat milk every week. And like, I felt so juicy. Like, I don't really know how to describe it besides that. I just felt like my body was like, yeah, like yum. <laughs> um, and so yeah, if people are kind of scared of dairy because it makes acne flares or all these things, it's like, why – what's the underlying imbalance yeah. there?
0: I'm like in a beam of light yeah, right now. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, does mineral deficiency contribute to acne mm-hmm. in any way?
1: Yeah. So kind of what I was saying before about copper being connected to estrogen – so if we have any sort of estrogen dominance symptoms, acne, breast tenderness before we bleed, you know, emotionality, like over-emotionality, fungal stuff, also, um, it's related to copper imbalance in the body. And so usually what we actually need to do is uh, kind of eliminate that bio-unavailable copper, make sure we have enough bioavailable copper. Um, and that will bring the
0: hormonal system into balance over time. Okay. Is it magnesium and copper that are linked together? I know there's a supplement that you take and you have to make sure that you're taking copper as well. Is that magnesium or is it like K2? Uh,
1: zinc. Zinc. Zinc yes. and copper have a relationship. Yeah. I mean, yeah. copper has a lot of relationships, but
0: yeah, probably zinc. Okay. Okay, oh. so get your dairy, get your butter, get your meat. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your
1: freaking food.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember one of my friends asked me because I was vegan for six and a half years. He's like, "What mm. did it taste like when you had a steak?" I was like, <laughs> "So good." <laughs> like, how did yes. I miss that for so much of my you know life and the damage that it did mm-hmm, as well? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which in the yoga world. Probably in the plant medicine world as well, plant-based diets are really encouraged um, Mm -hmm. and there can be a lot of harm. Yeah, I completely agree. I
1: mean, I mean, I will say like also in in, like the the indigenous communities in which I've sat with plant medicines, like mostly in Peru, they eat meat after ceremony. They just don't eat it before. Mm -hmm you know, like they also, they're, they're not like on constant dieta. That's kind of a Western approach where it's like, when I, when I like ate a limited diet beforehand, some, some, you know, specific plants that you work with require you to carry an ongoing dieta, like no pork or something, but like in general, indigenous cultures that I've sat with totally replenish and, you know, they, they're not vegan in Peru. Like yeah. That doesn't exist, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. With that meme, maybe meet a steak instead of another <laughs> plant medicine ceremony. Yeah. What was your your underlying message with that? Or I mean, it could be just an obvious message.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's just kind of it kind of speaks to what I've witnessed. I mean, what I went through and also what I've witnessed in many people around me that really highly prioritize more of a spiritual healing approach, but are so actually ungrounded. And when we don't have the cellular foundations to hold that spiritual healing work, we just continue to deplete ourselves. And I I've witnessed and experienced, you know, this, really intense, uh, almost obsessive cycle with healing. Like when, when in that kind of spiritual healing approach where it's like, I go to ceremony, I feel uplifted for a couple of weeks. So, you know, I, I have all this clarity. I, I feel inspired. I, you know, get the guidance and then actually I'm more depleted. So after the kind of high wears off, I start to feel depressed again. And then I start to think I need another ceremony. And it like, same thing with microdosing, you know, it's like this constant like hamster wheel of I need to heal something, something is wrong with me. I need to do better, I need to be better. Um, Which, again, like self development in itself is not a bad thing. But I feel like we've just we've just taken it a little too far. And like, as I've focused on replenishing my cellular health and my foundational health, I am much, much more content in my life, my capacity to handle multiple stresses. Like I'm moving to a new state right now and I'm launching a new program and I'm whatever else I'm like, you know, it's like, I'm doing a lot and I'm in awe of myself. And I'm also like staying pretty even keeled amidst this. And that to me is true health. Like, can we be content where we are? Can we find joy in the everyday? You know, are we like being on that constant striving hamster wheel? I think is really depleting over time.
0: Yeah. Like the next ceremony, the next ceremony, the next yeah. breath, work, journey, whatever it is. Yes. Yes. It's constant. And yes. that's really powerful. But like, are you grounded? And in your body, like is your vessel healthy enough to mm-hmm. anchor in all this healing that you're doing? Cause when your health goes, mental or physical health, you've got nothing. No. You know, you don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's pretty important. Do you want to speak to the relationship and and stress and how that mm. interwove? Yeah,
1: totally. So, yeah, I think it's a really important thing to talk about because, you know, I don't want people to hear my story and be like, oh, cool. She just like fed herself good food and took supplements. Like, yes, those are hugely impactful. And especially with something like histamine intolerance, you know, that was like my body communicating that it was didn't feel safe. It was hyper reactive looking back it's like i you know i it's almost like you know how people say that uh like when women are on birth control they're attracted to different men than when they're off birth control it was it's almost like that's kind of like me like pre mineral balancing and nourishing myself and post like the person that i was with you know i love him he's like we he's a good person but i was A kind of microdosing cacao festival fairy at the time, you know, like I was in a very different frequency. I was not grounded. And, um, over time, my body just didn't feel safe in the relationship for a variety of reasons. And as I didn't, wasn't really willing to listen to that, or it took me time to kind of get the message, you know, then I eventually started to develop really intense symptoms and it's all, it's, all part of it it was the relationship and my malnourishment and my you know lack of minerals like they're they're all part of it, but it wasn't until I ended that relationship and moved out of our house and like reclaimed my life that I was really able to heal because if we're whether it's a relationship or a moldy house or a job, if we are in um if we have an external stressor like that, that is, you know, impacting us day in and day out, it's going to be impossible to heal because stress is the most like when we are stressed, we, we will lose minerals. <laughs> like that's our body's response to stress is we'll excrete a bunch of magnesium, we'll excrete a bunch of calcium, our all our ratios will start to become imbalanced and there's a huge mineral cascade. And so, um, you know, who I am today, it's like I I wouldn't have even... I wouldn't even choose that, that relationship who I am today. I'm much more clear and grounded in myself. And I'm in it, you know, I'm older. I want different things. Like there's a lot that's shifted, but, um, it it's, it's kind of like trippy to look back and be like, wow, like, I can't really even, I can't really even like understand how
0: I got so deep in with that person, you know? That's interesting. And You know, our nervous systems can be wired for different things like safety with certain Mm -hmm. people or unsafety with certain people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when that's changed, whether that person is removed or something happens, um, we can really notice healing that's Mm -hmm. gone on in our body. Yeah, we
1: have to feel safe. We have to feel safe. Like,
0: and sometimes we don't
1: feel safe because we're not nourished and our cells are kind of like screaming they're like i am hang you know if you're hangry all the time like your body doesn't feel safe <laughs> like you need food yeah um yeah. so there can be kind of physiological like cellular like fuel based unsafety and then there's also like environmental and um it's all important and we'll see that too like the calcium magnesium ratio when it gets really out of balance It's called a lifestyle stressor or spiritual defensiveness pattern. Like we can see, and mine was really out of balance when I was in that relationship. Like we can see like, hey, there's something going on in your life that's not in alignment for you.
0: Mm. And it's, it's wild. It's accurate. Yeah. It's almost like when we're deficient in these minerals or we're completely out of our body, we're not safe in our body. -hmm. You know, our body's kind of like it's not safe for us here, and so then how can we be fully safe with someone else if we're not fully safe, yeah, in our own body, one hundred percent. Are there so you named the symptom of like if you're hangry all the time, Mm -hmm. that can be a symptom. Are there any other like really obvious symptoms out there that might be like you're deficient?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would look at it from a metabolism perspective. So, are you always cold? do you have a low body temperature um are you losing hair have you noticed your hair is lost luster um are your pms symptoms bad do you have like we shouldn't like pms is not necessarily a normal experience you know if we have insane cramps or um you know debilitating like fatigue or mood shifts in big ways like those are all signs that something is out of balance Um, are you sleeping well? Are you digesting well? Are you, do you have a libido? (laughs) That's a really big one. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like this foundational, just like, are you a well-functioning vessel? Um, and it's really common to, to have issues these days. It's super normal. And, um, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, Oh, like I have, you know, I'm not super balanced. Like I, most people aren't and there are many reasons for that. And that's, you know, totally okay. And it's like um, it, uh, I guess I just feel grateful that I found this approach because it feels sustainable um, and accessible. And I really believe in it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very common experience to, you know, just have some diminished vitality right now. Yeah.
0: I think that's important. Um, I've struggled a lot with my mental health over the past year Mm -hmm. and there is shame that comes along with it. Like, why can't I just handle the world or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, but it's like, we're literally swimming upstream Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. There is like a blanket of things that are cast on us that are completely out of our control, like a cloak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so we're going against that. Like we're, we're living in a toxic world. Um, Yes. And so we're doing the best we can. Yeah. 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 You know, and so having grace for yourself and um, compassion and knowing there's nothing, Wrong with you if you've got no libido, or you know, there just might be something that's a little out of whack. And your body
1: is just communicating
0: something, yeah, yeah, that's it, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that I haven't touched on that you want to add to this conversation? I feel like we really dove in there, but it went by quickly.
1: Yeah, no, I think that was that was great. I don't have
0: anything popping up. Nothing like, Ooh. Um, do you want to share your offerings that you put out into the world and how you work with people
1: doing yeah, that? Absolutely. So, um, I recently launched my kind of signature group offering for women. It's called radiantly nourished and it's a 12 month mineral balancing membership that starts in January of 2024. And so, um, this approach is best it's most effective As a long-term approach, it's not just a one-off consultation, a one-off test. You know, we I like to I like to, and it's recommended that we retest every three months to see how your protocol is actually working, to see what's shifting, to see are you eliminating a ton of metals right now, and can we support your liver and detox systems even more to to you know support your body. Um, And so, I do offer one-on-one consultations, but I found that it's I wanted to create like a, a container where women can go through this together, where we're all on the same cadence. So in the program you get three, each person gets three individual consults with me and HTMA tests. So there's a one-on-one component. And then we have 12 group calls through every month throughout the year. And there's an online forum. So there's this like community, you know, there's connection. There's like a place to be like, Hey, I feel like shit. I don't believe that this is working. I'm having doubts. I want to stop. I don't, you know, whatever. Like all the things that come up when, you know, you commit to a program and you're having a hard time, you have a healing reaction. I want a place where we can support people to to stay steady and stay strong. Um and then we get a continued like cadence of retests and, you know, updated protocols um so that people can really I want women to commit to a slower approach with health. It's like, a, it's, I, I have this post I want to put out about slow health, like thinking about like the slow food movement where it's like cooking things from scratch, growing things from the garden, using traditional cooking methods to get the most nutrients out of something. It's like, that's, you know, we, we can't just do a three month protocol or a restrictive diet and heal like years and years of imbalances in our body you know, like we, I, I believe it needs to be a slower, steady, titrated thing, you know, like you don't have to put, if you don't put everything in place in the protocol that I recommend to you in three months, like that's okay. You might need six months to really like work up to trying to eat a hundred grams of protein a day or to incorporate other practices into your life. And so um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot about that program, but I'm really passionate about it because I think, especially for women, it's going to be a really powerful and effective way to do this work. Um, yeah. And then I also do, you know, one-off
0: consultations for, for men or anyone else that's not interested in the program. I think that's important because we've kind of been conditioned to want quick fixes or mm-hmm. things to happen instantly. Yeah. Instant gratification and yep. <laughs> whatever it might be, you know, yeah, anything. It's taken us a long time to get to that place. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like illness Absolutely. or yeah, anxiety, it's it's taken a long time, and it's going to take time to you know untangle that where you can come into a place mm-hmm. of peace. And um, yeah, what would you say if somebody struggles with anxiety? What mineral deficiency would that beer? Is that the same as fear? It can be related to
1: copper toxicity. It can also, yeah. in my opinion, be just not eating enough food, not eating enough protein, honestly. Oh, okay. that's, yeah, that's, I mean, it, it could be related to a lot of other, like, imbalance. I mean, not enough magnesium, for example, or calcium, the calming minerals. Um, but yeah, typically it could be, like, the first thing I'll go to is probably copper. Hmm.
0: Okay. Beautiful. What's been your biggest lesson along the way? Mm.
1: I, everything is an experiment. Like any, you know, I'm making this big life change, moving States and any decision, anything I do in my business, anything I, you know, if I'm scared to do something, um, I, I'm just anchoring to like this is an experiment. It's not forever. I don't know what's gonna happen. I can't know what's gonna happen. Um, why don't I just give it a try? You know, it kind of removes the pressure. And uh that that was also kind of my approach to health and like to to healing and to finding this work and then really, you know, feeling the the benefits and the the effectiveness of it. So
0: yeah. yeah. I love that. It's like it all is kind of an experiment because we re- really don't even know why we're here. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> totally like have some I fun might well with give it. as well give it a it try. try.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Where can
1: everybody find you? Yeah. Instagram S E N A two
0: underscores Maria Sina Maria and my website Sina dash Maria.com. Okay. Beautiful. And I'll be in the show notes where everybody can reach out to you. Well, thank you. I learned a ton in this thank you conversation so, so thank you for being on the show love thank you for having me lisa thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the phoenix rising podcast please like share download subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and i will see you next week for another episode on the phoenix rising podcast sending so much love